In the shadows of the underworld of the podcasting community, there lies an avenging spirit that looks over all forms of cinema, even the ones that people would throw in the trash. It will avenge them. It will protect them. It will attack. This is Cinema Attack. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Attack. It's been a long time coming because, yes, I did fall asleep one night and forgot that we had to record <laughs> the Halloween special. But, hey, it's not the first time, right, Matt? Yeah, that's right. It's all right. We've all done it. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, uh, if you hear from uh, just me and Matt talking, unfortunately tonight... Uh, our good homie W Doubles could not be here. Uh, he uh, lost his voice, unfortunately, doing a war cry of a football game, I believe. Yeah, those Pee Wee leagues could be pretty rough on your voice. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I think it was actually like the first year we started doing podcasting together, Matt. There was like that whole month when I fucking lost my voice. Yep, I remember. You sounded like very dark and deep it was kind of funny <laughs> yeah sometimes i sounded like christopher lambert like hello there <laughs> i didn't even have to change my voice to know <laughs> but uh <laughs> uh yeah but we're not alone because uh, we actually plan to have a special guest this episode and we're continuing on because we didn't want to have this special guest wait because we're going to be talking about some movies today and one in particular that she's been dying to talk about. This guest is a member of the Slumber Party Massacre podcast, of course. Uh, she has a YouTube channel, uh, which I can't think of the name of it. I remember her saying it on one of the shows that they did. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let her tell her about that when we introduce her. She is also the sister of my co-host of their here, Lacey Lou. Uh, this is uh, Nikki. Uh, Nikki, how are you doing today? Hello, hello, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Uh, my uh, YouTube channel name is uh, Foresight Channeler. <laughs> uh, explain it for the listeners who would not know what you do on that YouTube channel. Yeah, so I I started my YouTube channel in January. Basically, I channel 
messages from the spiritual realm, from movies, books, music, just because they're things that I love. And I, a couple years ago, developed the ability of Claire Audience. So mm-hmm. I have cool. a, I have a, yeah, I have a, a very direct line to the spiritual realm. So I was like, okay, I need to, you know, put this gift to use. And I wanted to help people. So I created my YouTube channel to channel messages and bring help in that way. That's awesome. And, you know, I I remember because actually on the episode of Slumber Party Massacre, like your first episode there, because I know you weren't on the first one, you started to come after episode on episode two. That's when you're actually started to come on that show as a main host. Uh, I remember you doing like a few readings also on that. And, you know, the the girls are like kind of blown away, you know, like, whoa. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I was actually thinking maybe when once we get you back on the show with Dubby here also, maybe you got, you could do a reading for us too. Cool. I would love that. Hell yeah. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so we'll plan that out because I know Dubby actually messaged me. He's like, let her know I hope to record with her again. And I'm like, oh, don't worry. We will. And you'll be surprised. <laughs> That's cool because my, uh, my wife reads tarot and she does that, which is pretty neat. She's going to be start doing her own tarot, uh, tarot reading business soon. <laughs> oh, really? That's oh, cool, yep. man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I no, started, ahead, yeah, I just started doing tarot. Uh, I mean, I've always been fascinated by it mm-hmm. since I was a kid and just started. I, I mean, I would watch tarot readings all the time on YouTube and I, I was always blown away by the accuracy of them. And then when my psychic abilities came online, I was like, OK, I'm, you know, going to start something with this and I'm passionate about it. And yeah, I, I celebrate everybody who loves it as much as I do. <laughs> awesome. That's pretty awesome. Nikki. Uh, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're not doing any fortune teller movies today because actually <laughs> also what I learned when I was listening to your, uh, slumber party massacre podcast is you're a huge fan of zombie films, which I was kind of like, when, uh, I kind of went like crazy, like a William sister that like zombie movies. I need to get her on the show, you know, because you know I talk, yeah. I try to talk to Lacey about movies, and she's like, I don't like the. <laughs> 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 no, I could never watch zombie movies with Lacey because she was always bored by them. But um, my uncle Kevin loves zombie movies just as much as I do, and he is the one who introduced me to them. So that's where my love of them comes from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could talk about like I, the thing I love about zombie movies usually for myself, especially like the slow, like uh, like the Romero kind is like there's always like this uh, hidden message within them, like from the time period. Romero's movies always represent the time period that they're made in general. And I always like that. Like, if you watch Night, Dawn, and Day, it's always, like, a progression of story of, like, how the zombies are, but it's also a progression of the times that the movies are made in. 
and they represent them very well. And uh, Romero is the best of that because he's the he's the king of the zombie genre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> but uh, also, uh, as uh, the listeners know, uh, I was a part of the Twenty Two Shots, and one of my first runs of podcasting was actually Italian Horror Month which is actually happening right now as we speak on that podcast where they usually do like director spotlights of different directors work of film from like different Italian directors. Like they just finished Dario Argento last year, which wow. Imagine watching those last few Argento movies. Uh, (laughs) Dracula there. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I don't know if, uh, Nikki, you knew this, but in Dario Argento's Dracula, uh, Dracula actually turns into a giant CGI praying mantis. I haven't seen it, so no, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I, I just saved you the trouble. That sounds awesome. It it, would be good drunken commentary, that one, I think. Uh, But, uh, yeah, you know, but, but, uh, yeah, I like to keep it in vain. I like to represent my roots in a way, so I like to represent Italian Horror Month. We try to. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Like, I'm actually picking the show for No More Room in Hell, and that's actually Italian-based, too, because it's my turn to pick, because usually it, if it falls on another host, I have to do their picks, unfortunately. And if it's like Merriman's picks, that's usually bad movies. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I like to kick Mike when he's down, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're doing some Italian zombie movies now, Nikki. I I'm just a little bit curious. What is your like history with Italian horror? Did you ever see any Italian horror movies growing up, or are you kind of like uh, blindsided by? Yeah. What? Um. I, I'll be honest, I'm a, I was a little blindsided by it. I was familiar with Dario Argento's Demons, and I absolutely love that movie. But I really haven't explored much Italian horror. So these films that we will be talking about tonight, this was the first time I've seen all of them. <laughs> so newbie here. Hey, yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't be the first time I ever heard that. I remember, I podcast with your sister, and it's like, and you know, it's hard with her sometimes because I'll be like explaining like something that happened in another movie. And she's like, I haven't seen that movie. Why spoil it for me, Derek? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> or she goes, What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? That's what I usually I say to her after, like, What do you mean you haven't seen this yet? It's, it's like a, it's like the like the most super popular movie too that I think I just think everyone has seen. You know, it's like, whoa, okay, I'm sorry. Moving on. Yeah, I'm gonna call. Yeah, I'm gonna call Lacey out a little bit here. She recently had a a post on Facebook because she is a huge Scream fan. We all know that the fifth movie is coming out soon. She actually called out people who were uh, spoiling the film with certain posts on Facebook that could potentially not even be real spoilers. She was, she's like, just stop. <laughs> oh no. Ghostface is going after Sydney. Oh no. Ghostface <laughs> is going after Dewey. Oh no. Ghostface is going after Gail. 
<laughs> oh, look, they're the three survivors again. Oh, look, it's tied. Every single freaking Scream movie. There you go. I have heard I love so Scream and all, but I was like, come on. Kill one of them off, for fuck's sake. God. I've heard so many different uh, theories about what could potentially happen in this new film. I I don't love the series as much as my sister does, but I still enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, but you know the the thing with theories are is they're just theories, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like like I mean, no, they're know, they're fun though. They're fun. You know, like uh, especially when especially when uh, this is a good example when uh, the 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 new the first new Star Wars movie came out, The Force Awakens, and then after there was so many fan theories out there like. Oh, it's gonna be Snoke is like the, you know, like this the Emperor reborn, or like he's gonna be the newest villain. Kylo's gonna turn good. Uh, Luke is gonna be awesome in the sequel, and be a beast. And then the Last Jedi comes out, and everyone's fucking hating on this movie because it was nothing that the fan fairies were saying. And you know, because the thing with that movie. I actually think The Last Jedi is actually the best out of the new trilogy myself for many reasons because it breaks from the mold and it's kind of like well-filmed. It's one of the best-directed movies of the trilogy and it actually tries to do something on its own where uh, The Force Awakens and uh, The Rise of Skywalker were like, oh, it was just a fan. This is just the other movie... Because everyone's bitching the few complaints I did hear about The Force Awakens. It's just the first movie again. <laughs> you know? Pretty much it was. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know I, I, I like that The Last Jedi tried to do something different. And, you know, and that's why people don't like it. Because it tried to do something different. <laughs> mm. You know. But, uh, you know, that's just the way, you know, because fan fairies could lead to disappointment too in that sense too because people get hyped up for a fucking movie because this could happen and if it doesn't then well, i remember the big hype with the nightmare on elm street remake everyone was all excited about it and uh and then we saw it <laughs> and then you're like ah oh, son of a bitch <laughs> then also yeah, the female ghostbusters <laughs> everyone was all hyped over the female ghostbusters and then it happened and then everyone yeah. hates yeah, now they're making a new one, which I'm actually... I'm looking forward to this one. I, I'm hoping that they do it better justice. Yeah, it, well, it's... I'll go ahead, Nikki. Does it have the, the the same cast from the original? Uh, yes, it's a yes. direct sequel. Right on. Yeah, it, it should be uh, interesting because uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, Jason Reitman, the director, is actually the son of uh, the, the director of the original Ghostbusters, Ivan Reitman. And, you know, he's the way he described the movie. It's a movie from a kid's perspective, the way that if you watch the original Ghostbusters as a kid, which he, he grew up, he was on the set of the original Ghostbusters as a kid. So it kind of makes sense where he's coming from. So I'm, I'm very curious on that one in general. And, you know, They've been kind of like hiding the, the you know, like you the, like the last trailer. I, I actually do watch trailers. I know that's 
do you watch trailers or not? Don't watch trailers. I spoil too much. I'm like, I like to get hyped for movies in that way where I get to see clips and, you know, get nostalgic and shit like that. And, you know, they've been kind of hiding, you know, like, is Bill Murray going to be in this movie? But, you know, you do hear his voice in the last trailer that just came out. So, yeah, bring it on. I'm very curious where they go with it. Anyways, but, but you know, beside the point, you know, I know uh, Italian horror has actually been a big part of my life in general. In that sense where it's like, uh, you know, I just, you know, the movies that I love with the things that grab me with Italian horror is just the aesthetical choices that the directors use, the music, the atmosphere of the films progress. Like, uh, I didn't know, I didn't know if you knew this, Nikki, but one of the movies we're going to be talking about is actually my favorite horror film of all time. I did not know that. Yes, uh, you know, and we're going to save that for when we actually get into it. But uh, I just love, like, just the whole, like, opening of that movie where, you know, you get the score, the atmosphere, the aesthetic, uh, the choice that the director uses. I'm not. I'm trying to be a little bit conspicuous because I'm not going to reveal it right away. Matt knows which movie it is already. Mm-hmm. you know but it's just <laughs> the things i always look at in this movie is like especially when you watch like some argento movies later on when you do explore him like suspiria is one of the most atmospheric and beautiful looking movies to look at it's like a imagery and that's the thing i kind of hated about the remake about of suspiria which it has its fans i'm I don't, i'm not gonna say don't watch the movie it's just like it just looks drap and dreary with like this cinematography, you know, and it's like three hours long too. It's almost like and when I watched them like they could have cut out like all those scenes of like this old dude walking in this movie. <laughs> because it takes up half the movie, you know. Uh did you ever see that movie, Matt? Wait, which one are you talking about? The Suspiria remake. I have it, but I haven't watched it. But I heard about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that might be a good one to discuss later on the line. So save it, save it. We'll we'll, we'll get into it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but uh, yeah, Italian horror is great. You know, uh, the directors that represent Italian horror, I've come to love all their work. Like I know, I actually introduced. Uh, Nikki, when she was like, what's a good witch movie to watch? I'm like, watch Black Sunday. And that was like her first Mario Bava movie. And Mario Bava is actually the reason why we have Italian horror. A lot of like the directors were influenced by him. Yeah, that movie was really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah which checked I... out Burn Witch Burn. That's another good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good what's witch it, movie. What's too. it called? Which uh, burn Witch, Witch burn. burn. Okay. Also known as what Night of the Condor. I think this was the original type. That's cool. not as Burn Witch Burn. My my wife loves witchy horror films too, so I'm always trying to find a whole bunch for her. We sit down to watch them, and I I remember that one. I'm right like, on. honey, you got, you got to watch this one. She's like, really? Trust me. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. 
Well, we're just blabbering on, you know, you know. But uh, why don't we just take a little break, play the trailer for the movie that's coming up, and let's just get right into what is, you know, the benchmark of Italian zombie movies. Uh, 1979 Zombie by Lucio Fulci. So we'll be back right after this. Sound good, guys? Sounds good. Mm-hmm. So we'll be right back. everybody that is right the first movie of the night is actually one of the first movies i ever actually podcasted on and that is lucio fulci's 1979 classic zombie aka zombie 2 aka zombie flesh eaters one thing that nikki you'll learn about italian movies they always have different multiple titles which can get really annoying for some movies (laughs) yep yeah. Now the 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 reason why actually its Italian title is Zombie Two, if you didn't know this, Nikki, is because uh in Italy the original Dawn of the Dead was released as Zombie in Italy. Mm-hmm. I did notice that they also had a name for it called like zombie flesh eater so did they change the name many times well it's 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 from different countries like zombie flesh eaters is actually the uk title of this movie ah okay which is also it's video nasty name because uh if you didn't know zombie aka zombie flesh eaters was a video nasty during the video nasty era I think it was on the Section 2 list. I may be mistaken. It was either on the Section 1 or 2 list. It was on one of them. But, uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, directed by uh, the maestro of gore and violence of Italian horror, Lucio Fulci, uh, who, uh... is actually one of my favorite directors of all time. Uh... He's directed some great atmospheric horror movies. There's, this is probably his most 
zombie zombie movie. Uh, if you've never seen the Gates of Hell trilogy, he did uh, like uh, City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, House by the Cemetery. They involve zombies too, but they're very different zombies than the ones in this movie. Uh, Matt, you would agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're more like supernatural, like undead zombies, where they could like fade in and out and move from of a different... planar existence to another plane and yeah a lot, weird, a lot of weird shit yeah it's, they kind of mix like the zombies with lovecraft shit and those ones but they're cool still uh, i love those movies too but uh spoiler alert nikki this is actually my favorite horror movie of all time <laughs> I kind of figured it was probably this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get more into it, I'll give you a little plot synopsis of Zombie. If, if uh, the listeners haven't seen it, strangers searching for a young woman's missing father arrive at a tropical island where a doctor desperately seeks the cause and cure of a recent epidemic of the undead. Uh, yeah, this movie... Yeah, that's pretty much a good synopsis for it. Uh, this movie has a few actors that I know and love, like Tisa Farrow. And I think this might be her second to last movie. She retired from acting after, I believe, Anthropophagus. Uh, Tisa Farrow is actually the sister of Mia Farrow, who uh, the listeners would probably know Mia from Rosemary's Baby. Uh, that's her sister in the movie. Uh Ian McCulloch, who's been in numerous fucking movies that I've grown to love, like Contamination, Zombie Holocaust, uh, uh, fucking this movie, of course. Uh, the late, great Richard Johnson as Dr. Menard, who uh, horror fans probably remember from Robert Wise's The Haunting. Uh, Al Cliver, great Italian staple and staple of these movies in general. Olga Carlados, who would later go on to be uh, actually Prince's mom in Purple Rain. <laughs> <laughs> she pl- she plays Dr. Menard's uh, wife, uh, who gets a, spoiler alert, the awesome splinter eye. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we also have Aretta Gay as Susan, who's a very iconic scene where she's scuba diving and Something awesome happens that we'll give away in a minute. But the thing I love about this movie is the atmosphere. Fabio Frizzi's score is amazing. When that main theme hits for this movie, I am sucked into it. I'm like, after you hear the boat can leave now, tell the crew, and then the credits start. I'm like, I am in this to the end, (laughs) you know. And, you know, the characters are fun in this one. You know, I kind of like the... You know, the characters are not connected, which should be the case of a classic zombie movie because they get connected over the situation. And the thing I like about Peter West's character is he's fucking funny. Like, that whole scene where him and uh, Anne, a.k.a. Tisa Farrow, are in the boat and they're trying to hide. Like, you know, just follow my lead. And, you know, they pretended that they just snuck on the boat to make out. (laughs) I was cracking up. You know, like, it's it's hammy, but it's fun. You know, there's some hamminess to the movie that I love. But the thing that I love about this movie the most is the look of the zombies themselves. These are some of the best looking zombies 
on film, in my opinion. Including the worm one. I say, is there any bad worm placement happening? Uh, yeah, if you didn't <laughs> know, Nikki, uh, my first time reviewing this movie was with JP on 22 Shots. And you know the iconic zombie that you see on, like, the poster art for this movie? Uh-huh. He said there was bad worm placement on the zombie. <laughs> bad, bad placement? That was all our response. Bad placement? What? <laughs> Just worm placement. Oh, goodness. Uh, even like a I branded... Actually, uh, I'll go ahead. I actually thought the worms were a nice touch, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, you know, it makes it look like they were in the earth, you know? Yeah. But uh, I've been babbling on about this movie, you know. Uh, Nikki, this is a first-time watch for you. Tell us your thoughts on Zombie. All right. So, first-time watch for Zombie. And I completely agree with you, Derek. The opening song sucked me in as well. And I actually listened to the song before we recorded because I love it so much. Like, it just, like, got me hyped to, like, talk about it, you know? And, like, it, it's a song I would put on my, my playlist and just listen to just because of how cool it is. Like, I absolutely love when a musical score can do that in a movie. And I was actually very surprised by this film. I... I'm somebody who does have certain limits when it comes to horror films. So I had no idea what to expect with this. And I, before I, I sat down to watch it, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm keeping an open mind here and I'm just going to throw out any, I'm like, I'm just going to go into the movie blind. I'm going to watch it and I'm just going to analyze it to the best of my ability. And it was actually more mild than I thought it was going to be like I, I expected the filming to be more dark and bleak but that really wasn't the case at all like it certainly does have those dark and bleak moments throughout it but I was really impressed with it with with the music and the effects when the zombies actually go to bite people like that looks real like that literally looks like you just took like a like they took a bite out of a sandwich like <laughs> That's how real it looks. And <laughs> the the scene with Ann Bowles and Peter West, that's funny that you brought that up because I thought it was really funny when he first comes into the boat and he meets her and she he like he first introduces himself. He's like, Hey, I'm Peter West, I'm this reporter, I'm doing all this stuff. And like he already told her who she who he was. And then like a little bit of time goes by and she's like, wait, who are you again? He's like, I've already told you, Peter West. And then it goes <laughs> and then it goes into the the next scene that you were talking about where it like cuts to them like making out and whatnot. So I just thought that that was like I it made me laugh. <laughs> and the underwater scene, I actually held my breath the entire time I was watching that. That scene was so beautiful. And I had no idea that, like, like you were gonna see a zombie fight a shark, was, right? Like, yes. <laughs> like in my mind, I was like, did this just turn into Jaws? <laughs> because they, 
you see a shark come out of nowhere in a film that you're just anticipating, you know, zombies. And I thought it was so awesome to see how they shot that under the water, to see them fighting. And like, I didn't really know who, which one I was rooting for. Like, I just wanted to see like what was going to happen between them. That's how casting. And I thought it was really beautiful how they were able to shoot that underwater. Um, the scene that you were talking about with uh, David, Dr. David Menard's wife, when she gets the wood in the eye, like, like my mind, I was just like, no, <laughs> because the, like I said before, the, the effects in the film look so real. Like when, like when it goes through her eye, you're just like, like, it's like you're there with her, like, not experiencing it, but, like, you're observing it. <laughs> like, it looked real. And, One hell of a splinter. Yeah, I just had a... Oh, my gosh. Like, it literally made me cringe. <laughs> like, yeah. and, you know, when special effects are done in that way, and they make you feel something, you know that it... <laughs> that it's, like, legit good. <laughs> did, did you ever see High Tension before, Nikki? Yes, I actually really like that one. Well, here's something that's going to blow your mind. Uh, the effects director of this movie was Giannale De Rossi, who actually also did the effects on High Tension. Oh, okay. Did not know that. Yeah, he actually just recently passed away, unfortunately. Uh, big name in Italian horror movies. Like, like if you get more into like the Fulci movies later on, like the Beyond and... City of the Living Dead and House by the Cemetery. He did all the effects of those. Uh, he even worked on a Rambo movie, which was crazy when I found that out. <laughs> like, really? He did the effects on Rambo 3? That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, the effects work is amazing. Like, in this movie, bar none. And, you know, the zombie versus shark scene, the first time I ever seen it, I was just blown away. Like, Because I seen it when I was like, maybe like, 12 or 13 when I first seen this movie. And I was like, holy shit. And now I'm like watching it again. Like this is so fucking, this could have ended badly for everyone involved when they filmed this. They had to, cause you don't, cause they, they, they must've just did this in one take too. Cause how, how can you refilm this again and again? You know, you can't, you, you really can't with like that scene. And it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Matt, uh, I know you've seen Zombie before. What's your history with this movie, man? Oh, man. This movie was. I've, watched, I've seen this movie several times. It's great. Uh, one of the top tier zombie movies out there. Again, like I said, you're talking about the soundtrack. The music itself, like, if you close your eyes and you just hear just the music, you can picture the exact scene that's happening and it will play in your head. And that's what a, a soundtrack should do, like a score. And this one plays it off well. Like one of my favorite scenes with the music is during the cemetery scene. After they get attacked and the worm zombie bites the girl, they take off running. All of a sudden you start seeing the zombies coming out from the ground, out from the cemeteries. And that music's playing. And it's got the kind of like a little bit of the growl or the <laughs> the zombies. It's, a, it's just a, a great scene, just 
It's like, oh shit, things are starting to get real now. <laughs> Not just happening <laughs> in one spot or two spots. There should, these things are buried everywhere, pretty much. <clears throat> and I remember having an argument with this one guy way back, and he would say, he, he actually hated this movie. And I'm like, alright, why do you hate this movie? Like, I want to hear your thoughts. And so pretty he goes, well, for one, the zombies that came out of the ground, they should have been in coffins. I'm like, stop. <laughs> I go, dude, did you watch the same movie? He goes, you know they're on a tropical island. They're in a poor village. No one's going to afford a fucking coffin. They're just buried. People are buried in the ground. Either they're draped in robes or covered, and that's it. Well, they should have had a coffin. Oh, God, shut up. Okay, you're done. I'm done talking with you. <laughs> You're an idiot. Goodbye. And I did. I walked off. I that, that, guy, that guy must have been a fan of Poltergeist. Oh, my God. I don't know. But still, I was like, seriously. <laughs> oh, there should have been more rotting. Uh, hello. Bad worm placement. I know. Bad worm placement. No. <laughs> that was way before the bad worm placement deal. But also, too, the iconic scene of a... You never, we don't have a zombie fighting a shark anywhere or any kind of creature in any kind of movie. Until later on, of course, we have the silly sci-fi channel movies, but they got their ideas from this because, boom, you have a zombie battling a, a shark, biting the shark. Like, hmm, does that shark turn into a zombie later? Hmm. <laughs> but that's a, it's an incredible scene. The whole underwater fight scene is just beautifully done. You see the guy just swim in there. You see his flesh floating away because that's what would happen. Your skin would deteriorate deteriorate in the water so yeah. that was awesome i love that so yeah, this movie is i i watched this almost so many times <laughs> yeah it's one of my go-tos and it's, it's one of the ones i always recommend to like people the first time watches of italian horror movies because it is pretty straightforward you know you know you, you you don't really get an answer why there's zombies you get like little hints maybe it may be voodoo or not which I do like, which they do kind of play with in some... I, I didn't know if you knew this, Nikki. There's actually, like, in-name-only sequels to this movie. <laughs> like, uh, Zombie 4 no, After I Death. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, actually, Lucio Fulci came back and did Zombie 3, uh, which is a totally different movie. It's not even, like, a direct sequel. It's kind of... Would you... Matt, would you agree with me that Zombie 3 is kind of like a Return of the Living Dead ripoff? Very similar. Yeah, you yeah, even have like Zombie Five, which which is the birds, and there's not that many bird scenes if I remember correctly. It's like, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, and then I actually really love Claudio Fragasso's Zombie Four. That was good. Yeah, that one's actually the closest to this one because it actually takes place on an island. You know, it actually has kind of some of the same like plot beats of this one. It's a little different. It's a little cheesier, but you know. It's still fun, and, you know, I like that one a lot. Zombie 3 I do love a lot, too. It's just for different reasons. Because it's fucking 80s is all hell. It has, like, this crazy 80s soundtrack, and it's goofy in some scenes. But, because there's even... I, I didn't know... Uh, well, we'll say that. Maybe we'll bring that up later when we do... Maybe we'll do, like, Volume 2 next month, year. And we'll have Nikki back, and we'll talk about Zombie 3. <laughs> Which is really zombie. zombie three, yeah. four, and five. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh hell, we could even do zombie holocaust. You know. Oh yeah. You know, but uh, 
You know, one thing that I appreciated about the zombies in this film, they they didn't eat like savages. Like they very delicately <laughs> ate their meal. Like they said, like and they had their eyes closed like the whole time too, even while they're walking, while they're eating, while they're doing, while they're attacking people. Like it was a different take on zombies than I'd ever seen. <laughs> yo, yo, the, that scene when. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, though, is when, you know, they walk in because they're trying to find Menard's wife and to see all these zombies eating her. But the thing that creeps me out, the zombies don't even notice them. They just keep eating. Mm-hmm. 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 But, it was a very unsettling scene. Yeah. Because usually in these zombie movies, people, zombies usually are like, oh, more food. Let's go eat them now. Yeah. Right. yeah, they were delicately enjoying their dinner. <laughs> it's it's the high end style. This is the high end zombies. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> can you pass the the large intestine? Well, but of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Would you like some more pancreas, sir? Yes, please. And, and it also ends in this awesome like fucking shootout at the end too with Al Cliver. I really feel bad for him and Susan's characters because. They were just trying to do a good deed and help mm-hmm. these two guys, and they get fucked the most out of all of them. Oh, the freaking radio spot at the end, too, after they're like, oh, let's bring them home, we'll put them in the bulge and see if anybody at home can figure this out. Then they turn on the radio, and it's like, uh-oh. Then you get that awesome, awesome scene on the bridge. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you kind of forget in the background, because in the beginning of the movie, we forgot to mention because the whole movie takes place because of the zombie that ends up on the boat. Mm-hmm. Actually ends up killing a cop. And the cop's in the morgue the whole time. And you kind of forget about it while you're watching the main story happen and with the characters that are involved. And then once the reveal happens at the end, you're like, oh, shit, I totally forgot about that. Oh, no. Whoops. And I, I, and I love that about this movie, too, because it kind of ends darkly. Mm-hmm. Which you really makes a great zombie movie great because all the great zombie movies kind of end darkly. Like another zombie movie, which we could have technically, I was thinking about choosing, but I know it's a Spanish director. It's kind of like a Spanish Italian co production is Let's Sleep in Corpses Lie, aka The Living Dead in the Manchester Morgue, where uh, that movie ends very darkly, too. I won't spoil it for Nikki if she hasn't seen it. But, uh, those are some of the best zombie movies in my general. They, you know, even though I do love Day of the Dead and Day of the Dead kind of has like that, like all the characters that you actually like from that movie, you end up fucking living, you know, in that sense where it, it's kind of a happier ending than some of the like Dawn and Day and Night. But uh, well, Night of the Living Dead has a horrible ending. And it's a great ending, too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just saying I do appreciate, like, how they progress with the endings of Romero's trilogy as well, where, you know, like, you know, Night's, you know, the darkest of them, you know, Dawn's pretty dark, too, where, like, they're almost out of gas, and they're, you don't know what's going to happen to them after they leave them all, but then, you know, then Day's kind of, like, the happiest ending, but, you know, there's still that thing where, you know, it's, like, just them on this island, you know? But, uh, you know, it's like that where I just like how bleak zombie movies can get 
And this one's pretty bleak because, mm-hmm. you know, it also ends with zombie Brian banging on the lock in the door. Like, oh, no, what are they going to do? And then it just ends, you know. I thought the doctor got it pretty bad, too, because he, you know, the the film actually opens with him. You see the one of the bodies rise up out of a bed like you I mean you know it's a zombie obviously because of the title of the movie but it has like I think they put like cloth bags over their head and then you just see him shoot the zombie and um the one of the synopsises I think on Wikipedia they actually referred to the awakening of the zombie as zombie reanimation and the the doctor David Mernard he throughout the film he is basically trying his best to stay proactive with basically once they reanimate into these zombies he you know is trying to prevent them from wreaking havoc on the island (laughs) and then yeah he kind of gets attacked later (laughs) yeah i on the side of his head yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually really love his character because it's so complex because, mm-hmm. you know, even like we only know so little about his character. His character is very interesting throughout the film, too. You know, you know, we have he has like struggles with his wife. We know he's kind of going kind of loony from being on this island with all this death going on because, you know, he was actually friends with Anne's father and he actually had to kill his one of his friends, you know. So he's mm-hmm. kind of loony, too, which makes good scientist character. And, you know, he's kind of like, you know, if he stayed on the island longer, he would have been like Dr. Frankenstein in Day of the Dead, where he's like, yeah, let's just feed them. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, he'll just go loony and go crazy after being there for a while. You know, which it's it's natural. It's natural progression of one who deals with this shit. And I like that. And he's a, just a great actor in general. Like, when he pops up in fucking movies, I'm like, oh, I love his voice. I love his demeanor. I love the way he pronounces things. It, it, it just it gives us some class, you know, to the source material. Yeah, you you feel for his character in the film because you can see that he's he's really trying to understand what's going on and not being able to figure it out and then having to kill people that he grew very close to like that would take a toll on a person and i think he did a really good job bringing that through yeah mm-hmm. for sure uh zombie is a movie i could talk about for days but unfortunately we have two other movies to talk about so uh i say we just rated because we did discuss a lot about it we discussed all the major points about it to the best of our abilities uh nikki if you did not know i should have told you this off here we actually do a out of 10 rating scale okay so out of 10 what would you rate zombie i give it an eight out of 10 because I typically have a rating out of five. So if it was out of five, I would have given it a four. So I think the equivalent to that would probably be an eight out of ten. I could see that for a first time watch. I, you know, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. 
I can see this one probably going up for you and rewatch too, you know. So I'm okay yeah. with it being at an eight for you. <laughs> yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Uh Matt. <clears throat> I guess what a ten out of ten. Mike drop. <laughs> oh. uh, it's just it's a it's an awesome film. It's awesome soundtrack, acting, special effects. It's it's a classic. So it's up there in like the top ten tier of zombie movies. So it definitely it's a ten out of ten for me. Well you well, Nikki, you already know that's my favorite horror movie of all time. We all know what it's gonna be. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be a ten out of ten for me as well. But like I said, when I first watched it, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty great. You know, it's probably an eight. You know, I didn't, you know, ratings are for dummies anyways, usually. I just rate usually for our Hall of Fame, which is actually your first induction, Nikki. You just inducted Zombie into the Hall of Ironside. Woo-hoo. And you're wondering, why do we call it the Hall of Ironside? Mm-hmm. You're going to yeah. ask that? Why? <laughs> Because we named it after an actor, uh, Michael Ironside, who's a great character actor that we all love. He's been in numerous movies like Total Recall, uh, Free Willy. (laughs) He was the bad guy in Free Willy, imagine. But uh, (laughs) uh, Turbo Kid, uh, tons of movies that I loved. And when you listen back to this, I'm going to tell Dubby, because Dubby's not here right now, but Dubby... When he's going to be putting a sample of uh, Michael Ironside from Scanners, the inducted into the Hall of Ironside, where he's going to be like talking about like you're going to be part of me now. Don't you want it? Don't you want? It? You'll hear it right now. All right, we're going to do it the scanner way. I'm going to suck your brain dry. Everything you are is going to become me. You're going to be with me, Cameron, no matter what. After all. Brothers should be close, don't you think? And there it was. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you'll be hearing that back. So, congratulations on getting your first Hall of Ironside, Nikki. Right, right on. Very cool. Are you guys ready to get into something weird now? Yes. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Nightmare City after this break, after the, we play the trailer for that. So we'll be right back after this. Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. Information from an official source which reached our newsroom this afternoon stresses the seriousness of the situation. Mr. Miller, something very serious has happened at the airport. But until we conclude our investigation and take the necessary countermeasures, nothing is going to leak out. Nothing. Last night I had this nightmare. It was all about my leg. It was a big explosion. It was right here in the hospital. I got hit. My leg got cut off. Well, we don't have to worry over that any longer. Jim, your leg's going to be just fine. Yes? This is 
Civil Defense Headquarters. General Murchison would like you to come down here right away. Now. <gasps> individual and others like him have been subjected to strong doses of atomic radiation which increased their physical capacities beyond the norm in short it's a kind of a superman this is channel 5 tv station they're being attacked for god's sakes send somebody fast the victims of these creatures are contaminated even if they only suffer minor injuries then they can reproduce themselves colonel say indefinitely be completely on our own. We'll simply have to declare a state of emergency ourselves, or before we all become contaminated just like them. It's frightening. How could a thing like this happen? It's part of the vital cycle of the human race. Create and obliterate until we destroy ourselves. Have special commando units positioned at all strategic points in and around the city. Public buildings, offices, and businesses alike have been ravaged. And damage is estimated in the hundreds of thousands. My God, Sheila, what's going on? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> Oh, I don't want us to die. They're all around us, everywhere, everywhere. They're all around God help us all. And we're back. Thank you all for joining in on Zombie. Now we're going into a different director, Umberto Lenzi. And we're talking about the film from 1980 known as Nightmare City. Also known as <clears throat> City of the Walking Dead here in the U.S. as the dubbed version. So if you find City of the Walking Dead and you have Nightmare City, pretty much had the same movie. <laughs> That's what happened to me before with this movie. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but anyway, the synopsis of this movie is <clears throat> An airplane exposed to radiation lands And blood-drinking zombies emerge Armed with knives, guns, and teeth They go on a rampage, slicing and dicing And biting their way across the Italian countryside Yeah, we actually get some running zombies in this movie and this one is definitely crazy. Not your typical zombie film. Like I said, they they got weapons. <laughs> they're they're like they're like partially raged, but they're also zombies at the same time. It's very weird and awkward and yeah. So you have this TV uh, reporter and his uh, wife are at a airport with the military. When the land, plane lands, the military of course intervenes, and now you have a war with the military and the zombies and people trying to survive and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> uh, this pretty much stars uh, Hugo. Oh God. 
Uh, I could I could do Sticklicks. Ah, close. <laughs> uh, Laura Trotter. Uh, Hugo's been in some other horror uh, Italian cinema. I think it was in what City uh, Cemetery of the Cemetery of Terror. Yep. Yep, Cemetery of Terror. That's what it was. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of other name uh, individuals in here. So uh, let's talk about some Nightmare City. Yeah. So, uh, Derek, why don't you go first? Yeah, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. I, Umberto Lindsay is a very interesting director. Uh, I didn't know if uh, he's actually the kind of like the father of the cannibal genre in a way. Uh, his fir- the first movie uh, that I would ever seen of him was a uh, Man from Deep River, which was considered the first cannibal movie uh, from uh, the Italians. Uh, uh, you know, not everyone's cup of tea of like enjoyment for those type of genre. That genre, I get it, but it's still important to point out. Plus, he's also made some pretty interesting, interesting giallo that I love, like Spasmo and like uh, the ones he did with Carol Baker. They actually just released a giant box set of the four movies that he did with Carol Baker, which I appreciate. And uh, he's done some tons of different genre stuff, like. Zombie movies, fucking cannibal movies, uh, action movies, fucking crime movies that I just love. I love Umberto Lindsay's films. Uh, probably my favorites, Bloodstained Orchids. Uh, that's one of my favorite giallos of all time. Eyeball's pretty great. Nightmare City's kind of an interesting one for me because it's fucking batshit. And, uh, uh, quick question to Nikki. Nikki, did you ever see Inglorious Bastards? No, actually, it's one of the uh, one of the only Tarantino films I have not seen. Yes, uh, good. Uh, quick fact: there's actually a character named Hugo Stickless that's named after the main actor of this movie, and the reason oh, right for. On. And the reason of that is this is actually one of Tarantino's favorite movies. Nightmare yeah. City is? Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, and an interesting fact, Umberto Lindsay actually does not actually see this as an actual zombie movie himself. Uh, he actually thinks it's kind of one of the first, like, because they're, they're not really technically, they're more infected than they are zombies. They are infected by the radiation. And it's not the radiate. It's not the them being dead that kills them. They're alive and they actually turn into these bloodthirsty creatures. So this movie actually kind of shares a lot of DNA with another movie known as Twenty Eight Days Later. In that sense, where they're more infected than actually dead, rising from the graves. But I I kind of wanted to add it because it is technically it's not your traditional zombie movie in the sense where it's zombies rising from the graves, but I think it's just a very interesting one because it's one, it's one of the first like infected people turn into like raging zombie like creatures. But it's also one of the first movies where we see fast moving fucking zombies kind of in that sense where it's kind of important for those reasons where a lot of them, like the later day zombie movies, kind of borrowed from this movie. 
And even like Robert Rodriguez kind of remade this with Planet Terror. <laughs> with the, the way the zombies look in that movie, you know? Supposedly I heard a rumor that Tom Savini's remaking this still. Oh, don't get me. Oh, I'm going to talk about that at the end. I'm going to mention that. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoy this movie. I know it's a very divisive film. For one thing, because of its ending, it's very divisive. And, you know, this, you know, I don't actually hate the ending of this movie, but I get why people do hate it. You know, and, you know, I, even though I don't think the ending kind of works for the movie because of the way that the movie's represented and, you know, you get to see, like, a little sport. I'll just get right into it. Fuck it. Uh <laughs> It's kind of hard to have a movie where it's supposed to be all a dream, where you're seeing shit like, how is he dreaming this? You know, hence Nightmare City. <laughs> you know, like, how is he dreaming about the military right now? You know, uh, you know. What the but, hell did he eat before he went to bed? You know, you know what I mean. But, uh, <laughs> but I do kind of like that. It's like a pre, maybe it's like a premonition of what's to come. His thing, but we'll get more into that in a minute. You know, I was just given a few thoughts on it but uh yeah i enjoy this movie for what it is is it the best zombie movie ever no but do i enjoy watching it hell yes and i love the score to it by uh uh, who the fuck was the composer on this fucking bad larry he's a very known composer too uh let me look it up real quick savello Ciparani. yeah great giallo composer right there uh, but yeah, I enjoy it for what it is. I love uh, Hugo Stickless's facial impressions throughout it because <laughs> he looks like he's constipated, kind of, in some shots. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoy it for what it is. Um, yeah, that's how it works. So, is this your first time watch? Um, Oh, where is it? Yep, Nikki? Or have you seen uh, this before? No, this was a first-time watch. And the the movie that I watched actually had a commentator on it. And I, to be honest, when I watch a movie for the first time, I would prefer not to have a commentator because then I can take it all in and come to my own conclusions. But as I got further into the film, I did appreciate some of the perspectives that the commentator had. I don't remember his name. He, I don't remember him even like saying what his name was, but I, I thought this was a cool zombie film. I thought it was really cool that they turned into zombies based off of a radioactive spill. And that they they didn't look like zombies in the traditional sense. They were more fast-paced, but it was like they're, at the same time, with their appearance, their faces looked like they were melted off. And the commentator actually made a comment saying, yeah, the zombies in this look a lot like the Toxic Avenger, which I've never seen. But if you compare the photos, it's pretty similar. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The one particular guy's got this weird smushed cornflake face (laughs) yeah and i mean in every zombie in the film they 
they did differ from each other. They didn't all look exactly the same. So I thought that was cool. And after the opening scene with the airplane and you get introduced to the zombies, it's just like action, like for the rest of the film. I mean, there's little pieces here and there where there's like downtime, but it's not long before there's more action with these zombies. Like you were just pulled on this journey through this film with all of this action and a key or like a unique trait that I picked up on from the zombies is that they would wipe their mouths after they ate like <laughs> <laughs> they like with the back of their hand just like yes it was kind of like reminiscent of what we saw in zombie a little bit with how they were delicately eating now these zombies were more savage but they still kind of had manners to them in that sense so i thought that was a unique trait that the zombies had here um the the effects in this were much different in the sense that you don't really see any bite marks they you would see one of the zombies kind of nestle there into the neck and it, and it just kind of gives that feel that they're biting, but it definitely wasn't as gory as zombie was. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel. Um, but I, I thought that there were a lot of really cool scenes. And one thing that I thought was neat, the commentator pointed out this one scene where this to a man and a woman who were where I think their names were Jessica and Bob. I can't remember 100%, but they, they didn't know the world was being taken over by these zombies. And they were, uh -huh. they were going to this, this countryside to vacation with some friends and they get there and the commentator's like, yeah, this is the most unsettling scene in the whole film here. And it's because they didn't know what was going on. And, he, and when he said that, I was like, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> Like, I felt it from the scene. And it, yeah, this is a very interesting zombie movie, unlike any that I've seen before. I, I really enjoyed this one, too. Yeah, nice. the, yeah. The, another thing I forgot to mention, it has a the thing that cracks me up is in this news studio, they have, like, aerobics. That's the thing that got me out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, random <laughs> dance sequence scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I'll watch some kind of weird Bollywood shit. All of a sudden, here's a here's a music number. They're all dancing. <laughs> I'm like, this is a great double feature with pieces. <laughs> like, should I be watching Robicide next? I don't know. Should I be watching Death Spa next? I don't know. But it's a zombie film, and now we're dancing in the Robicides. Yeah, yeah, it's... yeah. It's... Yep. Yeah, the thing that I remember, because I actually watched the... Because I had the Arrow Blu-ray of this movie, and I watched uh, the interview with Lindsay. You kind of wanted to make them more like vampires. That's why they're not as savage as they're Ian. Mm -hmm. He wanted them to be more like blood drinkers. Because I think they kind of explain in the movie, too, they need to feed off blood. So they're, they're more like vampires than zombies, in a sense. Yeah, and they were pretty intelligent, too. And you, you actually see a lot of scenes where they just have these jars of blood and they're passing it back between each other, just like, hey, just drinking it out of a jar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, this movie has, like, one of the greatest dummy deaths ever. <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. <laughs> you know, when Hugo Stickless' wife fucking falls. <laughs> uh, 
Now, I'm very curious, Nikki. How did you feel about the ending when you found out it was all a dream? About the scene before the dream or just the fact that it was a dream? Yeah, the whole movie was a dream, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I actually really dug that it was a dream because the scene before you find out that it's a dream is... That's the scene that I keep thinking about. And... Yeah, this is a spoiler, but the commentator, when he was talking about this scene, um, said that a lot of people thought that it was misogynistic. And I am somebody who is all about female empowerment. And I can see why some people think that. I personally didn't get that vibe because of it being a dream. And... (laughs) I personally, the, the spoiler being the the woman when she's, you know, trying to make her way up uh-huh. the helicopter on the rope and she doesn't have the upper body strength and she falls. Like, I was, like, literally my jaw dropped. And I actually felt for her in that moment because, I, I mean, I personally don't have that upper body strength right now as well. So it it really broke my heart to see that. And that's not to say that, you know, any woman is not, you know, is capable of working on that upper body strength to get that. But the reality is that a lot aren't and me being one of them, but I'm not saying that the work can't be done to the point where you can pull yourself up on a rope. Like that scene was, that scene was heartbreaking to me. And to find out that it was a dream made me feel better. <laughs> yeah. Matt, what what did you feel about when you first saw it and you figured found that out? <laughs> I was, when I first started watching this movie, I I also had the Arrow Blu-ray and uh I'm watching it going, wow, this is just a weird strange movie, but I'm I'm glued. I'm I'm attached and I'm ha- watching it going along. You see it's the wife and the husband together until the very end. And of course, when she falls, you're like, Oh shit, all that work and all that time to survive. And she falls to her death from not holding on. But then you wake up, you're like, it's a dream. Oh, well, that was a nice kick in the nuts, but then <laughs> starts playing along. And all of a sudden you're like, you're all like, Oh, this is a same movie. Then the next scene, he wakes up and you find out it's a dream. You're like, okay, then he gets to his next assignment. All of a sudden, it's a replay. It's like, oh, shit. And then, boom. The nightmare has become real. The reality. nightmare has actually come to life. Is this a real... Was it a premonition that he was going to have, that he had? Or was it just, like, maybe the shit that he ate last night just fucked him up big time? And all of a sudden, maybe it's really happening. Maybe it's not. We don't know. But until, until that scene. It's like, holy shit. And of course, with me with this movie, not knowing that City of the Living Dead was the same title, because of course, U.S. and Italy like to change names. I'm like, oh, I found this cool old DVD of City of the Living Dead. I'll buy this one too. I pop in him going, the oh, fuck? It's the same movie. <laughs> I was all disappointed. I felt like an idiot. This was way back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like me with like Let's Sleeping Corpses Lie. Oh, yeah. And I bought. Because I thought Living Dead in the Manchester Morgue was a different movie. Same movie. 
Yep. Son of a bitch. Yeah. But, yep. Lesson learned. Yeah, yeah. The thing I like about this ending because it could be dissected, and you could get like that thing where, what do you think is going to happen next? Because that's why I like it. I, you know, I I can see why people wouldn't like it because they just watched like an hour and a half of this journey and bam, it was all a fucking dream. Nothing really happened. I, you know, if I sent this movie when I was like fucking like twelve or eleven, I probably would fucking hate it for that reason. Yeah, like fuck this movie. You know, you know, but but, but I'm thinking like now as an adult, like because I had some fucked up dreams too. Like you know, some of them I don't remember, but a lot of them when they involve like like dogs trying to attack me and shit like that, I, I do remember those because I have them kind of frequently, and I kind of liked how it ends where maybe it was a premonition to come, and maybe if he knows what's going to happen. He could do something better. Yeah. Yep. I hate when I have dreams about work, and I'm like, "Did that really happen? When I did that actually happen at work?" And I'm going, "It could. It could happen." I'm like, "Fuck! Oh, wait a it was a dream. Thank God." <laughs> I hate yeah. It was like Final Destination a little bit here. Like mm-hmm. maybe, yeah. maybe he could prevent what happened at the end because now he knows what to expect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like he just go to his home instead of going to the fucking reward. Let's get out the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> fuck you all. I'm going to going someplace else. You know? But, uh, yeah, I can see why it doesn't work. Because, you know, of all the added shit with the military, I'm like, because you got to explain, like, how is he dreaming that? And, you know, and then be like, oh, that's bullshit. You know, if you try to explain it too much, then it sounds retarded. But you get, like, a lot of fantasy and sci-fi movies, too. If you try to explain shit that it sounds retarded than it actually is, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But but overall, I enjoy it for what it is. You know, it's a nice little piece of zombie folklore, which inspired some of my favorite movies. So it's important to me. And another quick fact about Quentin Tarantino in this movie: with Umberto Lindsay, he actually did, went to a special screening of this movie with Umberto Lindsay and he said it's the best zombie movie ever made and Umberto Lindsay screamed at Quentin Tarantino it's not a zombie movie (laughs) (laughs) whoops I felt like it was well well, it isn't it isn't it isn't it's kind of like is is that same thing when you, you people say about 28 days later yeah, they're infected. You know, they're not zombies. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like that where I see that I, I put them in the same wheelhouse, even though they're kind of different. But you know, it you know it's the same thing. You know, people get infected either way. You know, you know, in that sense. But I I dig both kinds either way because Twenty Eight Days Later I love anyways. You know, it's one of the movies that. I f- first got into the genre and, you know, it was one that kept me in it after I seen it in theaters and shit. And, you know, without this movie, we wouldn't get that movie, you know. And there's actually another movie that Umberto Lindsay was fucking involved with. Where he kind of wrote the screenplay for, I think, called Primal Rage. And I'm, I'd be very curious to hear your thoughts about that, Nikki. Mm-hmm. Because, pr- because Primal Rage is about a group of like college campus kids that get 
infected by like a rage virus that actually starts with a monkey. Sound familiar? <laughs> that sounds like that uh, Dead Alive movie. Was it that? Weren't they infected by monkeys in that movie? In Dead Alive? Yeah, that was like that was the mother that was bit by that weird monkey, and then she becomes yes. a zombie and starts. <laughs> yeah, I remember you just watched that recently for a slumber party. Yep. That That's movie's a, not the the lawnmower scene. That's <laughs> like the goriest movie I've ever seen. I think. <laughs> and imagine it's from the director of Lord of the Rings. I know you would not have thought that at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like when me and fucking Carly did Bad Taste for a cinema a celluloid dissections. I'm like from a cat. This is Academy Award winning Peter Jackson's first movie. <laughs> <laughs> you would never have known. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into some ratings on this. Uh, Derek, you go first. Yeah, I love Nightmare City for what it is. Am I going to say it's a great movie? Probably not, but I'm going to rate this more on an entertainment skill. You know, it has some cheesy moments. The makeup on the zombies kind of... Sometimes it looks like they just rub meatballs on people's faces. I'll admit it. I think we could all admit it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but overall, I just enjoy the ride with this movie, and you know, I love the score. The score keeps me engaged enough. Like when it gets to the big giant action set pieces of the movie, I'm just in. I enjoy it for what it is. I'm I'm gonna give it like a seven point five out of ten. I dig it for what it is. Uh, yeah, that's all more I could say about it because we talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikki? Yeah, I was thoroughly entertained by this. I thought it was action-packed. I thought there were some really funny moments during it. I liked the look of the infected slash zombies. I, the ending was definitely shocking and I did not see coming. So that's, I definitely appreciate that. It, it it didn't captivate me as much as Zombie did, so for that reason, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Okay, uh, with me, um, I definitely have fun with this one. I enjoyed how the story plays off. I actually did like the whole "it's a dream" that turns into a reality at the end, where it plays off where all this shit happens. You get that kick in the balls, and all of a sudden you're like, oh! But then it doesn't just end there. He gets the call. He gets. He shows up and, oh shit, are we in a? Uh, is this an actual another dream? Are we doing a Groundhog Day thing, or is this the actual reality happening? And I like that part. So I give this one an eight out of ten. Nice, good shit, Matt. Hey. Now we're gonna get into some weirdness with incest and oh, other sleaze. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we'll be right back after the trailer for Burial Ground, right after this. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be right back, folks.
And we are back, everybody. That is right. The final movie of the night, of this crazy wild night, is Burial Ground, a.k.a. The Knights of Terror, uh, from 1981. Uh, probably one of the best years of horror in general, 1981. Do you agree with that, Matt? It's definitely up there, that's for sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this movie is directed by Andrea Andrea. Bianchi, uh, who, if Nikki has not known, kind of <laughs> made some fucked up movies. Uh, the movie that I mo- the, the movie I most know him for is Strip Nude for Your Killer, which is a Giallo film uh, from the early the late seventies. It is one of the most super sleaziest movies I ever seen. You know how sleazy that movie is, guys. It ends on a joke about anal sex. That's right. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, and you and once you know that going in, you kind of know what burial grounds gonna be like. Yeah. But uh, a little plot synopsis about burial grounds: an archaeology professor discovers an ancient crypt which contains living dead corpses. The zombies go on a rampage and attack a group of people, which the professor had invited to celebrate his discovery. Yeah, that, that's sort of what happens in this movie. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you know? Uh, it's not about a boy who loves his mother or anything. You know, it's not about a boy and his mom or like... Or a, a bunch man of, boy. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for its own discussion because I think a lot of the review is going to be about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll go into like the general thoughts and shit like that of the movie before we get into that. But I'll go first. I love this movie. I love it with a passion. Is the story original or great? No. I will even admit that. You know, you know, is the acting amazing? No, because pretty much, uh, Nikki, if you didn't know this about most Italian movies, uh, they are ADR'd as all hell, and they're usually dubbed. And when people ask me, should they watch the Italian version of Italian movies? My answer is probably not, because a lot of times, a lot of the actors are not actually speaking Italian in these movies. Either way, so a lot of the times the voices don't match with the way the lips are moving either way you watch it yeah it's weird yeah because mm-hmm. <clears throat> even like you Stickless, who was a mexican actor was speaking mexican pretty much throughout his performance and they just dubbed him in either italian or english that's the way they made movies back then it's weird but uh anyways i love the look of the like like zombie I love the look of the zombies of this movie. I love when they're rising out of their tombs. I love the atmosphere that the film progresses. I love that it's just a simple story about these zombies trying to... And the thing is, it's kind of a mixture of the two movies we reviewed before. Where they're, like, the zombies from Zombie, but they also use weapons. (laughs) (laughs) You know? It's kind of great in that sense where, you know, like, they have some great, like, you know, like some of the zombies, you know, they have like the the ones that you're supposed to look at. 
like the master makeups, but you know, if you look back in like the corner of like some of the ones in the background, oh, it's just a guy with like some makeup on his face. But I love the look of like the main star zombies in this movie. Fucking great. And you know, I love like that there's like this ninja zombie that decides to like to climb a wall and throw fucking those darts in that maid's hands like a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> And then that awesome decapitation scene. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's great. And, you know, it's wild. It's sleazy as all hell. It's Andrea Bonacchi. It's what I expect from his movies. And even the weird fucking thing that we're probably going to talk about later, I expect it. And, you know, it's weird, but it's what this movie's remembered for, too. Because... Even on, like, the Severin Blu-ray cover, it's the cover of the fucking Blu-ray. You know, it's weird, but it's iconic at the same time. Yep. So, Nikki, first time watch. Without going into the craziness that we're probably going to discuss for the majority of the review, what was your thoughts on Burial Girl? I laughed my ass off at this film. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I didn't anticipate it being that funny. (laughs) Um, I thought it was a unique zombie movie. And I also liked the look of the zombies. They looked more like they were wearing masks because you could definitely see like hints of (laughs) their, their humanism within them, like their, the mask that they were wearing. Uh I I also appreciate that they were like a team. They did everything together. They, it was like a community. They <laughs> were able to also, much like the zombies in Nightmare City, they also would use weapons. And they had impeccable aim. Like, there's a scene with the maid. That scene was deeply disturbing to me. That because I think that was one of the first parts within the movie where you see them using a weapon. I think it was a sickle that they used. And just how they were, like, using, I think it was, like, a log or a piece of wood to, like, try to break down the door. And, yeah, it was just this community of zombies that was working together throughout the film. And there was actually another scene where one of the main one of the main characters was trying to fight off one of the zombies with a pitchfork and he just like grabs the pitchfork out of his hand and like throws it to the ground yeah he's like bitch please (laughs) like it was just i was laughing about this and when without you know going into too much detail about michael when michael first appeared on the screen i before I even knew where the film was going, I I took a screenshot of the photo and I sent it to you, Derek. And (laughs) (laughs) and it's just, it's Michael laying in the bed with like the sheets up to his neck and his eyes are just like, ah. And (laughs) I, and Derek writes back, he goes, yes, we will be talking about him. Laugh a lot. (laughs) And I like, when I first seen him, my first thought was like, he has the best hair. How old is he? And and this was before I knew what was going to transpire later in the film. Um, I definitely think he he is the character that you think about. And 
the storyline that he has in the film that is like the thing that stands out. So yeah, it, it, it's unsettling, but at the same time, it's like, fuck, I can't stop thinking about that film and Michael. And yeah, it, it was, this movie was crazy. <laughs> it's wild. Like, you know, what's even weirder about this movie without going too into detail with it, you know, like, I love how this this movie has, has, like, this cold open of the professor. I would like to see a movie just about the professor, because he's just, like, this weird hermit dude with a giant beard. Like, <laughs> I want to see that fucking movie, like, before he died, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and, you know, another thing I forgot, I love the score of this movie, too. It's, like, has this weird, like, Legend of Zelda feel to it that mm-hmm. kind of entrances me, like, with, the, like, that hymns and shit. This is fucking great. Matt, burial ground. What's your history? Oh, man. <clears throat> the first time I saw this movie was the actual when Seven released it. Because uh, I, I was like, what is this movie? And, I, of course, the cover pulled me in. I'm going, what is going on here? Like, all right, let's pop this sucker in and see what it's about. Wow. <laughs> this movie, <laughs> it's fu- it, this is actually a fun funny movie to watch yeah it's got your zombie gore like that one dude in the red shirt there i think that was the father mm-hmm. like he gets his the wife and the kid out and he stands there trying to shoot him and they just rip him apart like blood it's like the paint blood back in the 80s they had this weird paint blood it just didn't look like real blood but it looked like paint <laughs> dreams spread everywhere but one of my favorite funny scenes is when the two people are having sex in the bed and out the, the weird music is playing. The door just swings open out of nowhere. And they stop what they're doing. And they got this weird shock look. And it's nothing for a good couple seconds until the shadow of the kid finally appears. He's like, hello. <laughs> He's got that weird goose Mama. face. What are you guys doing? Are you playing leapfrog? <laughs> But yeah, this movie is, <laughs> it's it's a different funny, different zombie film in itself. But from the 80s, it's definitely up there. This is a fun one to watch. Yeah. Uh... The zombies themselves looked weird. Like, and they look like some 80s, uh, like if you went to a mask store or like a Halloween store, and they just put all the shit on them and they said, roll around in the dirt for a little bit, get dirty. All right, walk around. But it gave that cool look to them, pretty much. They look kind of look like zombies, but they didn't look like zombies at the same time. They had that decom- decomposition to them, like in the face area, but also, oh, it's kind of hard to say. It's like it didn't really look like at the same time. <laughs> it, again, it's just awkward. They're awkward-looking zombies. Fun fact about this movie, JP actually said this movie had good worm placement. <laughs> <laughs> If I remember correctly from his review on 22 Shots when they reviewed this movie. Uh, yeah. Let's get... Uh, yeah, Andrew... Ironically enough, uh, a- Andrew Bianchi was kind of involved in this other movie called What the Peeper Saw, which is kind of like a... He kind of like co-directed that movie. It's kind of weird with that one, where... It's about, like, this boy that's involved with, like, his new stepmother. And, you know, it's a little creepy in that relationship, too, per se. But, uh, yeah, he's, like, 
Why not? Let's just go there. Uh, of course, Michael, played by Peter Bark. I I will um, say this: he's actually was 26 at the time of filming. He was he's, he he kind of has like a disorder that makes him look younger than a lot of the other actors. Mm-hmm. So that that's good at least. At least they didn't go that route with it. Right. You know, but uh, 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 Mary Angela Giordano, who actually plays his mother, who I actually know because she was actually in another Andrea Bianchi movie. This should tell you all about this director. You know what the name of the other movie I know her from is, Nikki? Mm-mm. Malabimba the Malicious Whore. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is a non-exploitation movie. Yeah. It, 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 sleazy. But, uh, yeah, the there's this weird, crazy incest fucking love story between this son and his mother in the middle of this movie. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I thought... His mom, Michael's mom, Evelyn, I actually thought she was the <clears throat> biggest badass out of everyone in the film. She was the one that, like, took charge and was, like, killing zombies and shit. And I think the thing that, like, unsettled me the most about her character was when her son was coming on to her, it, it was portrayed in a way like she was enjoying it. And I'm just like, no. And... Like, I thought, like, a tagline, like, popped in my head, and it was, like, it was, like, you you know the guy who does, like, the voices for the movies? Like, I just heard this voice, and it was, like, Michael has an unhealthy attachment to his mother. Don't be like Michael. (laughs) Like, that's what, like, popped in my mind. (laughs) Yeah. He's, like, a very young Norman Bates. Oh, goodness. He did. He had the best hair. He really did. Yeah, the the whole situation that I thought was happening, maybe like something happened to their dad, his dad, and at a young age, and you know, the mom mom was lonely at the time, and something did happen, but then she met the other dude, which you know, Michael's stepfather was or her boyfriend or whatever it is, and that's why you get that that scene later where he walks into the room because he's jealous. Mm-hmm. Because he's not Mama's main squeeze anymore, and then when he dies, he's like, "Oh yeah, Mama," <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. So, so there's some situation. It's a weird relationship. Mm-hmm. I could see how they could progress into that relationship. You know, there's some weird mental disorder with the lady because later on, you know, when he she finds fucking Michael dead, and Evelyn's the. Uh, was it Evelyn? Some of the characters' names kind of mix up to me. But the lady who killed Michael was Mustache Dude's boy girlfriend. Because she turned into a zombie. And she just fucking beats this fucking de- her in the head until she's fucking dead. Which was crazy. And, you know, some of the musical choices later on, like, dun 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 where it gets all crazy like that. It's like, oh boy. They're, they're ramping this shit up, you know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, then you get that weird, crazy, iconic scene later, like, when zombie Michael's like, oh, here you go, Michael. Time to breastfeed. 
Oh, it bites the whole boob right off. Yeah. Yeah, cringe. <laughs> yeah. It, it's weird, but it's what this movie's remembered for. Because mm-hmm. even before I seen this, because I didn't see this movie until I was a lot older, too. I didn't actually see this movie until, ironically enough, Severin did put it up. And all I remember is actually Zach, our friend from our Facebook group chat, was posting pictures that the same picture you actually posted to me first, Nikki, of Michael <laughs> in the bed over and over again. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is that from? And then when I saw this movie, oh, now I know what that's from. And it makes sense now. <laughs> well, my question is, like, how old is Michael supposed to be in this film? I think... I want to say, like, early teens. Because when he first came on screen, I was like, he looks like a 30-year-old man. But also <laughs> young at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were playing him to be like maybe like early teens. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. It, it's weird because because you know I could buy it too because of the, like how different in height he is to the other actors, where he mm-hmm. could be like a younger lad, but you know it adds to that strangeness of his look where like. This kid's fucking something's up with this kid. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I know something weird's gonna fucking happen with this kid later. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and sure did. You know, so it did work. It was actually great casting in that part of the mm-hmm. performance and the acting and shit. And even the I don't even know if that's his real voice. I think that's like the dub voice. Whenever he said "mama," I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Mama! I'm like, oh no. <laughs> you know, it's just weird, but fucking... It's weird, but I just can't take my eyes off it at the same time. I'm like, stunning. I know you guys can't see me there, and I'm like, my mouth was just dropped the first time. I'm like, what? Yeah, he's, it, you go into this, you're watching a zombie movie, and you have no idea about this subplot that just, like, hits you in the gut as soon mm-hmm. as it happens, mm-hmm. you know? Like I can't, I I want to look away, but I can't. I gotta keep watching it. I gotta see what happens. Oh, jeez, I gotta still gotta keep watching. It's like the it's like the donkey show scene in fucking Clerks too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a it, it's it's an anomaly of the zombie genre, it, but it's a memorable one, and I kind of love it for that. It's you know all three of these movies have great discussion pieces that are within them and that's why i chose them because they're all different in their own rights but they all have interesting aspects and they're all good to talk about and they're all fun to watch that's all that matters that's why i love three don't have a happy ending too if you think about it yeah that too that that's very true Because we actually don't know what happens because, you know, they're cornered at the end and it doesn't look too good for them. No, like, they're the all same... hand to cover up their face and everything. Yeah. They all made very bad decisions. <laughs> oh, 
I did like the scene where they go into I I can't remember if it was like a monastery or a church and all the monks are zombies and they're just like sitting around. Like I didn't anticipate that happening either. Yeah, I mean neither the first time I watched this I'm like oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then mustache guy gets killed. Uh-huh. You know, and then you know it's just mom and then the two like lady with broken lip. Oh. Oh, when she gets that bear trap, I'm like, ouch. Yeah, and then later when she's being helped, all you see is that it's a bruise. But that thing had, like, teeth. Like, she would have had, like, gouges in her ankle. <laughs> oh, those were some strong-ass boots she was wearing. Yes, they would have had to have been. You know, like, I want some of those boots. <laughs> those boots could just give you a bruise from a bear trap, you know? Yeah. But overall, yeah, this movie's a fucking blast. If you haven't seen Burial Grounds, it's a movie that you just have to experience, guys. You know, even like if you hear us talking about it, it's just a trip and a half. <laughs> That's all I could really say. So, much. yeah, Matt, that's a good way of describing it. <laughs> yeah, Matt, what, what would you rate Burial Grounds, man? Oh man. Ah, uh, jeez, that probably get this one because it's it is a fun watch. It is a interesting tale of what it is about. You can't take this one really too seriously because I think it probably ruins it. I, again, I give this one an eight out of ten as well because I did have fun watching it. I did enjoy. I laughed. I had some. There's a lot of good gore moments. Just some fucked up situations with that mom and the man boy and everything. It's just so weird, but. I had fun watching it, so I give it an 8 out of 10 just for the funness of the movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nikki? Yeah, I I had a lot of fun with this one, too. I laughed from the moment it started till <laughs> it ended. I I was shocked. I laughed hysterically. I didn't know how to take certain things. It made me think about it after it was over. Um, it kind of made me feel the same way that Nightmare City did, but in a different kind of way. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Nice. Uh, I'm actually in the same boat as Matt. Is I give it an 8 out of 10. And, you know, like I said, do I think the story is amazing? Probably not, you know, because it's pretty much like, oh, let's just go to this house. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's not really like, you know, you know, you had like this weird sleazy shit. But the thing that sucks me in this movie is just the atmosphere. The atmosphere of some of the scenes of the zombies makes up to like some of the shittiness of the plot of the movie. And I love that about it. Like just seeing all those zombies like in like the coming from like the catacombs area and you hear like that legend of zelda music that's the only way i describe it you know it's just weird like weird hymnly hymnly music it just makes up for like that for me because the atmosphere of the movie just sucks me in and yeah it has this weird fucking man child and his mom's subplot that's like what the fuck did i just watch 
<laughs> but over, overall, yeah, it's a trip. You know, if if I was rating this with a more critical eye, it would probably be a lot lower. You know, <laughs> yeah, it'd be a fear. You know, like, but overall, it's just a trip of a movie, and I enjoy it for what it is. It's a good ride. But yeah, that's burial ground. And that is it for our first ever Italian zombie special. And Nikki, awesome job. Yes, Aww. awesome job. Thank you. It was, a, it was a blast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. Before we get out of here, why don't you tell the listeners what's coming up for you in the future? I know you have a new episode coming out soon of your show, so tell us what it's all about. Uh, yeah, I am part of a a podcast that my sister runs, Lacey Lou, with uh, Carly Sonnefeld, Heather Powell, Rebecca Reinhardt. We do the Slumber Party Massacre podcast, and we have we'll have a new episode for November here dropping within the next couple of days here. And we'll be recording our Christmas episode at the beginning of December. So be on the lookout for those episodes. That's good stuff. Uh, And this is crazy. Now, Matt, did you just realize that all five of the Slumber Party Massacre podcasts have recorded with us now? Oh, yeah, they have. Right on. That's (laughs) awesome. You know, I love that show. It's a great show. Uh, I usually am the only guy that leaves fan mail for that show. <laughs> Unfortunately, like, cause I already know, cause we talked about it. I didn't leave fan mail for the next show that's coming out that, you know, on uh Thanksgiving show, but maybe I'll come back for Christmas, you know, but uh, yeah, it's a great show. And I love all you guys' thoughts and I love how different your guys' opinions are on movies. And uh, it was a blast having you on and, We'll definitely have you back on, especially with Dubby's back, because that should be a fun episode. Because, like I said, you're going to be giving us readings on that episode. I'm not sure what movies we're going to be covering, but uh, maybe sooner than later, because I did enjoy this experience. Right on. <laughs> uh, for us, uh, I'm not really too sure what we're going to do next. We might try to get another Italian episode out. But we'll talk about that in our own private time. Let's see how the week, month goes. But as always, guys, check us out on the Facebook group, Cinema Attack. We're just not talking about Italian zombie movies. We're just not talking about Italian horror movies. We talk about every horror movie there. And we'll be back soon with another episode for you guys. So thank you for listening. Make sure you check out Nikki and her content. And we'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Bye, you guys. Bye.